0: doing. Red team, where y'all at? I mean, I thought I was going to hear my boys over there. For those of you that don't know me, uh, my name's Brock. Me and my wife, Kim, are leaders of the, uh, the red team. Uh, the title of my message today is called The In-Between. This was the message that was originally written by Charles Spurgeon in 1897. His title was To Be Brought to be taken out, to be brought back in. So I was thinking of ways, I was like, man, how am I going to let them understand in an easy way from the beginning what the in-between is like? The in-between, to me, what the Lord put on my heart, is like a roller coaster, okay? How many of y'all have ever been to Tennessee and Dollywood? Has anybody ever been to Dollywood? Okay, they have a ride, the the Wild Eagle. Now, when you walk up, it takes like 10 minutes to get to the terminal bay where you get loaded. The loading bay, y'all could put the first picture up, looks like this, okay? So as you're waiting in line, you're waiting, they got a bunch of people, and all you see is the ride go out, and you see the ride come in. But you have no idea what happens in between that time. You can kind of see it as you walk up and kind of understand what's going on, but you really don't get the picture of it until you're going through the ride. So you could put up the second picture. Now, what happened was, I'm going to explain to you all my version, and then I'm going to tell you my wife's version, which is, as men, we get a little prideful, you know. So my version was that my daughter, who's seven years old, rode the rod like three times with my wife. Well, I was in fear, so I wanted to, I wanted to go ride the rod because I wanted to overcome my fear. My wife's like, well, that's awesome, but that's not how it happened. So if you want me, I can tell you how it happened. I rode the ride three times with Addie, who's seven. You were too chicken to go on the ride, so you went on to prove a point. So a little bit how marriage works, that's kind of how it works, guys. we want to get in pride sometimes. Um but so as I get on the as I get in the ride, I see him going out, I see him coming in while, I get on. As soon as I get on, we go up this huge mountain, okay? Now, keep in mind, I'm, I'm trying to be spiritual-minded as I give you these pictures. So we go, we're going up the humongous drop-off. You can go to the next picture. You kind of see at this point what the rod's going to be like. There's about 800 flips. Now, I, I do rope access for a living. I hang like 200 feet on top of towers and not scared at all. I was terrified of that. I don't know if y'all see that little bitty rail. It's about a foot wide. Um, I was terrified. There's nothing underneath your feet for those of you who have ridden the ride. uh, I kind of looked like this next picture right here with my daughter as I'm I'm hanging on for dear life. And uh, the the Lord had begun to speak to me that this ride is a lot like stories in the Bible and things that we go through in life. So the title of my message is The In-Between, and it became a testimony in my life. Me and my wife have now four beautiful children, but at the time, we only had three. One day I was working, I had a long day. How many of y'all, just, just be honest, you just had a long day. Just, it's just hard. Um, I came in, I told Kim, I said, look, we're going to... I'm going to go take a shower, I put on some worship music, and I'm just relaxing, I had a long day just trying to relax, and the Lord began to speak to me, he told me, Brock, you are going to have a son, that was the clearest thing I've ever heard, he said, you're going to have a child, and he's going to be a boy, I said, okay, he gave me the first part, then a little while after that, he gave me the second part, you're to name him Isaiah, And he gave me a vision in my head of what Isaiah was going to be like. Just a playful little boy running around, awesome little kid. But the Lord, he gave me the first part, and he gave me the last part, but he didn't tell me anything that was going to happen in between that time. Okay? So... I go out, I get out of the shower, I go and tell Kimberly, Kimberly's excited and we're just waiting on the Lord, so days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into a year, which is ironic in the Bible, how it happened with, with all, of, all of them, they waited a year, Um. so we found out that we were having a child, everything was great, I was like, okay, waiting on months, we're going to have a baby, everything's going to be awesome, not how it happened at all, so... What happened was, as Kimberly was in and out of the hospital with a lot of problems with her pregnancy. Um, she was in and out of the hospital at the time. She was sick. Um, the baby was having a lot of complications. Well, we fa- fast forward, we're going to get to 16 weeks, and we do the gender reveal. So for our gender reveal, for those of you that are keeping up with me, how you announce what the baby's going to be is a cake. So, we let the kids cut the cake open. If the inside's pink, it's a girl. If it's blue, it's a boy. So, we cut the cake open, and I'm like, okay, it's gonna be a boy. I had no idea. Well, they cut the cake open, and it's pink. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? So, I'm like, we call the doctor. The doctor's like, yeah, sure enough, you're having a little girl. And I'm like, wait, Lord, you know, I thought that you told me that I was gonna have a boy. Is he gonna be a girl, and I'm to name him Isaiah? Like, what am I, I mean, what am I gonna do here? I'm just trying to be led right now. You know, I thought I heard what the Lord had told me. I'm like, man, you know, it's gonna be a little weird. I'll name, I'll name her Isaiah, like if that's what you want me to do. But uh, so, me and Kimberly were just awestruck. Me, of course, because I had heard what God had had told me, and you know, I just kept contemplating the thoughts of what He had told me. Did I really, you know, that's what we do. Did I really hear from God? Did I really hear that I was going to have a boy? This this can't happen. These things don't happen like that anymore. Well, she goes to the doctor the next week. She was having a lot of problems. And, you know, the the Lord at the time, he didn't tell me what we were going to go through. He didn't tell me that uh, at 30 weeks the baby wouldn't grow for a whole month and that he should be growing and gaining a lot of weight. He didn't tell me that when he did start growing, they thought that he would have Down syndrome because his head was growing faster than his body. They predicted he would be four weeks early and he would weigh four pounds at birth. You see, God, when he had given me the first part and he gave me the last part, he didn't tell me that we were going to go through any of this. So I had to have faith in between that time that God was going to do as he promised to me. So if y'all want to put up, we're going to back up to about 18 weeks. Kim went back to the doctor. Like I said, she was having a lot of problems. They said, let's call you in. Let's do an ultrasound. Let's just double check. Y'all can play the video. So for those of you that couldn't hear the video, uh, turns out the ultrasound technician was wrong. We were actually having a girl. So I began to see a glimpse of hope. Oh, we were actually having a boy. I'm sorry. I've been saying girl for so long, but we were actually having a boy, and I began to see a glimpse of hope through that, that that we were going to have a boy. So I began to stand on the promises, as we just sung, of God, that he is faithful and he is going to do what he promised to us. You can play the next video um, of my reaction. I had a choice in the in-between to believe in the promise of God or not to. We chose to stand on the foundation of what God had told us in the beginning. Even though the doctors had their opinions, I chose to have faith that God was going to do as he promised to us. We kept our faith, even though we faced many trials, that God was going to stay true to his promise. Now, the in-between the message that I'm going to be speaking of comes out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Y'all can put that verse up. Uh, This is about the Israelites when they're in slavery to Pharaoh in Egypt. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is the meaning of the testimonies and statutes and the judgment which the Lord our God has commanded you? So what it's saying is you're going to have, you're going to have, Sons and daughters when you grow up and when you get older, your sons and daughters are going to ask you, what did you go through in this life? What was your purpose? Did it have a value in a meeting and why did you go through it? Next verse. Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. So what it's saying is we were slaves to Satan in the world. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the world with a mighty hand. Next verse. And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our very eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. So what it's saying right there, you could back up. It's saying against Egypt, the world, Pharaoh, Satan, and all his household, which is his demons. The Lord showed us signs and wonders before our very eyes. Next verse. Then he brought us, pay attention, he brought us out from there that he might... Bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. You can keep that up. You see, God promises to bring us out. We get the first part. Maybe you're in a uh, kid connection. Maybe you're in youth, Josh, or Pastor Justin's preaching to you. Maybe Pastor Kevin ministers on a Sunday. You get the first part. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. That's awesome. But then we get the last part. That he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. You see, he doesn't promise to bring us in, but he promises to bring us out. Exodus chapter 3, verses 7. This is the story of the Israelites. Then the Lord told him, which is Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So God understands that when we are in slavery that we're suffering. Next verse. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. You see, he gave him the first part. Moses, go and lead my people Israel out of Egypt. Next verse, he gives him the second part. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. You see, he promises to rescue us from our oppression First part, I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Second part, where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. You see, God gives them the first part and the second part. But oh, how God did not tell Moses about the in-between. God did not tell Moses that he would get to the Red Sea and have the people cry out in disbelief that they could make it through. He did not tell them that they would cry and long for the food in Egypt because they would have to eat manna for 40 years. He didn't tell Moses that they were going to make a gold calf while he was on the mountain. And Moses would call a who's on the Lord's side battle and 3,000 people would die that day. No, all God did was gave Moses the first part and gave Moses the last part, but expected him to make it through the in-between. Abraham, got the first part. Abraham, let's go on a a little adventure with God. That's awesome. Gave him the second part. I'm going to make you a man of mighty nations, as numerous as the stars. He didn't tell him that he was going to have to leave everything, all his wealth, everything that he ever knew behind. He didn't tell him that, oh, yeah, your dad's going to die on the way. Lot's going to betray you. And the son from which your descendants will come, you're going to receive him at about the age of 100. And you're going to have to sacrifice him on the altars to show me your faith. No, God just gave Moses the Abraham the first part and Abraham the second part, but expected him to make it through the in-between. And that's where we get lost, passion youth. We get lost in the in-between. You see, we get the first part, we get saved and everything's great. We get the last part, we are awaiting heaven, just sitting here hanging out. You know, the last part is going into heaven, but how many of y'all know that this life that we live from the time that you get saved to the time that you enter into heaven, that's your in-between. And we're going to speak a little bit about that and why it has a purpose and a meaning and a value. But then something comes up that we cannot cross or we long for something that we used to have and we cry out and groan and complain against the Lord. Then we go round and round in the wilderness. Why? Because the Lord is testing us to see if we remain faithful to him in the in-between. I see so many young people, especially between the ages of 13 and 19. That's the hardest age group. That's where you're going to go through your in-between. For me, many of y'all know my testimony. That was my in-between. That's where I went through. I had to be delivered through the addictions and the bondages that I was held captive to in my life of the in-between. In today's generation, people are living only for themselves in the now without any fear of the Lord, but in the things of this world. Teenagers are not considering the eternal consequence of the actions they choose to make in the in-between. We would rather live in slavery and fed the things of the world rather than fed the manna of God, which offers freedom through Jesus Christ. They were so comfortable living in their slavery that when they were rescued, they longed for the things which the Lord saved them from. <clears throat> Man, can I just be honest with you? The Israelites didn't leave, they didn't live the best life in the in-between. You know, they ate manna. For you, those of you that don't know, it's like ground meal that you turn into cakes with olive oil and you grill it. And they ate that every single day. I have four kids, and if I feed them pizza for For lunch and dinner, they're going to throw a fit. I'm just being honest with you. But no, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, and by the way, you can only gather enough in the morning because tomorrow it's going to turn into this mush. And gather enough on on Saturday because on Sunday you can't gather it at all. They didn't live the best life in the in-between. But God provided every one of their needs You see, the Israelites, they didn't cry out for food. They cried out for the things of their old life. They cried out for the comfortable life of sin that they used to live when they were slaves to the unseen ruler of this world, Romans 6. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. You have been crucified from that old life that you used to live, so act like children of God, bearing witness to the one who saved you. When we truly choose to follow Jesus, it doesn't matter what we go through because we know we have one greater that will lead us to a promised land. Galatians 2.20 For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about what happens when we get tested in the in-between. I was kind of hesitant on talking and Pastor Kevin really, he really sealed this last Sunday when he said that you will be tested in the in-between or he called it the middle of the ocean or the middle of the the lake that they were going through. I'm going to talk about someone who passed the greatest test that I can think of of the in-between, the story of Joseph in Genesis 37. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around mine and bowed before me. Uh, Joseph is talking to his brothers right now. That's the first part. Now God gives him the second part. Soon, Joseph had another dream, and again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream. He said, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars, his brothers, bowed low before me. So God's telling him that he's going to have so much power that everyone in the land is going to bow down to him, and his 11 brothers are going to bow down to him. God didn't tell Joseph that he was going to be sold into slavery by his older brothers at 17. He didn't tell him that he was going to wind up in Potiphar's house and have his wife try to get him to commit adultery. He didn't tell him that he would go into prison until he's about 30 years old. No, God just gave him the first part and the last part, but didn't say anything about this in-between. And in all that time, Joseph never turned away from the Lord, but succeeded in all he did, trusting in God and the promise that he gave how many of us would turn away in those moments? Don't raise your hand or comment. If you was in prison, I think the Bible said about 13 years. Uh, the Bible's very narrative on everything that happens. It was written by the, you know, the Spirit of the Lord. I think that if Joseph would have had a heart issue in the in-between or in the prison, that we would have known about it. But no, Joseph kept his faith in the in-between. 1 John 2.15 Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do you think that Joseph missed the slavery that he was in? Could you imagine him saying, man, I missed that dungeon I was in for 14 years. It was really cozy. I liked hanging out there, you know, 14 years, hanging out in the dungeon. No, Joseph didn't miss the the slavery that he was in. Can I be honest with you, passion youth? People are not ready for the call of Christ. They aren't ready to wait on the Lord. They aren't ready to go when he goes, stop when he stops. They aren't ready for his food that he gives or the life that he leads because they don't understand that sometimes it's painful and it's rough and we can't see why, but we need to trust in God's plan and believe with faith that God is going to see us through our trials and tribulations in the in-between. Sometimes, The Lord brings us around in circles around our situation until we can prove that we have the faith to go into the promised land. We don't realize how tangled up we were in our life of sin until the Lord comes to save us. So I'm going to give you an explanation. Me and Kimberly had, for a short time, a chocolate lab. He was about a year old, weighed about 70 pounds. I had him on a runner. The runner stretched from about this pole to the corner of that room over there. Over there he had a doghouse where he would stay. Over here was the porch. The porch started about right here. So the dog runner, he would go underneath the porch if anything ever happened, the sunlight, storms, anything came. Well, one night, it was storming outside. I mean, pouring down, raining. As I'm inside, as his master, or, you know, the watcher of the dog, I began to hear his cry outside in the front porch. I began to hear him crying out for help. So as I get ready, I'll tell Kim I'm going to go outside and I'm going to go see what's going on with the dog. So as I walk out there, I notice that the dog had his runner and he had wrapped himself around the pole and he was stuck like this on the pole. He couldn't even move. He was just stuck like this. So I walk out there, it's pouring down. To give you all an example, it is lightning, it is thundering, the rain is coming down so hard. As I began to walk out there, I grabbed the dog. He had one of those collars that you can't take off. He kept running away. So as he's stuck like this, I know that I'm going to have to take the 70-pound dog and drag him around the pole that he had got himself tangled up in. You see, he had got himself wrapped around in his life to slavery to this pole, and he couldn't get out. He needed, with his cry, he needed someone to save him. So as I'm dragging this dog around this pole and around this pole, the Lord begins to speak to me. Now, as I'm doing it, this 70-pound dog is trying to bite me. He's trying, not only that, he's trying to get back to where he was. He liked, like, I guess he was comfortable in that state that he was in, I don't know. He was in the rain. I was like confused. Like, dude, I'm trying to help you out. What are you doing? And the Lord began to speak to me. This is how my children act when I come to rescue them from their slavery. I don't know what you're bound up or what you're wrapped up in today. I don't know what you are held in bondage or captivity to right now, but I can tell you that God wants to unwrap you from what you have wrapped yourself in, and he wants to set you free. But a lot of the times, like the Israelites, they cried out against Moses. Well, the Bible says they didn't cry out against Moses. They cried out against God. You see, God was testing them, and they could not remain faithful to him in the in-between And by the way, once I I set the dog free, he ran about halfway, turned around and stared at me for about three seconds and went in his kennel. And I'm like, Lord, if I I ever do that, just do what you speak to me. Man, I was like, I'm soaking wet at this time. I'm like this dog, Isaiah 41, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God wants to help us in the midst of our storm. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the most famous verses. Most of you know it, but I want you to pay attention to the ending. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now pay attention, next verse. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. I will bring you away from the place which I caused you to be carried away. You see, back up one slide, please. When you seek me and find me and search for me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. The Lord's plan for us are good. He wants to give us a future and a hope, but you have to search for the Lord. You have to seek him with all your heart. He wants to bring you back from the land and the slavery, but you need to call upon the name of the Lord. Next, I'm going to speak about faith. We need faith to make it through this life in the in-between. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Though we cannot see God, we need to have faith that he is with us. For you cannot live life on a feeling, a touch, a smell, or a taste, because when those things leave you, you think that God has left you. You need to stand on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Man, how awesome was that song this morning? It is hard to have faith in God and in what he says when we struggle with who God is. Doubt in the church today is rising rapidly. People are losing faith in who God is and what he says that he is in our lives. He's our Savior, our Redeemer, our Father. Matthew seventeen twenty. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, I will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You know, I love that song by Planet Shakers. It says, through you I can do anything. Through you I can do all things, for it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible. Through you blind eyes are opened, strongholds are broken. For it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible. But then the ending says, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. If you pay attention to the verse and the words that are being sung in that song, it is very powerful. Strongholds are broken. Nothing is impossible. So we need to realize that what we do in the in between has a meaning, it has a purpose as Brother Matt was speaking of this morning, and it has a value. So you're like, okay, it has a value. Let's get into the word. 1 Corinthians 3.13. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So in this life, your work that you have in the in-between, it has a, It has a meaning, a purpose, and a value, and it will become clear what you are to do. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Next verse. If anyone's work, which he has built on in the in-between, endures, he will receive a reward. Now, I'm 27 years old, and I still love rewards. When it's my birthday, I'm asking Kimberly, like, hey, what you getting me? Because I love rewards. I'm 27 years old, and how much more will I love of reward from the Lord. Next verse. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. So if what you do in the in-between, what you do in this life has a purpose, a meaning, and a value on the day of judgment, if it withstands the fire, then you're going to get a reward. Next verse, Second John eight. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things which we worked for in the in-between, that we may receive a full, there it is again, reward. Okay, so what is the reward? What are we going to get? It still doesn't tell us. So our reward, the Bible says in the in-between, is going to be a crown. Well, where's it, all right, what, is, what does a crown have to do with, with us? Okay, we're going to get into that. Next verse. After all, what gives us a hope and a joy and what will be our proud reward is a crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns. You see, our reward for our work in the in-between will be a crown given to us if our work has value. If we make it through something in the in-between and are remaining faithful to God. Now, I should have said like Justin Anthony said yesterday uh, night. I'm going to say the in-between a lot more than this, so please just bear with me. Uh, Next verse, 2 Timothy 4, 8. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and to not only me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So if you remained righteous in the in-between, when everyone else quit on God, you didn't quit. When everyone else was living for the world, you didn't live for the world. When everyone else was going to those parties and you said, no, man, it's Saturday night. I got church tomorrow. You remained righteous. You remained to receive your crown through the in-between. Next verse. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Justin Anthony spoke a powerful message on this last year. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown, a crown that will never go away. When God called you to start something in your life, you completed it and you finished it faithfully and ran the race of God with endurance. And for that, God says that you will also receive a crown. Number four, blessed is the man who endures temptation. This is my crown. This is what I have went through in the in-between. This is the crown that I received. For those of you that don't know, I had a bad problem with pornography before I got saved and into my salvation when I was married to my wife. I had to go through the in-between. For he has been approved. He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. When you go through something, and you will go through something in the in-between, as Pastor Kevin preached Sunday... It's not a negative thing, but if you haven't been through something yet, get ready because it's coming. When you go through something, Passion Youth, and you will, afterwards when you make it through, you will receive a crown for your patient endurance and the hardship you went through and still hung on to God. Revelation 2.10, last one. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Joseph, that you may be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. Maybe some of you are suffering today, maybe feeling close to death for the fight you are going through. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not bow down to anything but Christ. He will see you through to receive your crown. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar had made a statue of himself. And he told everybody to bow down to that statue. And like many of us today, just picture three people standing up, and he asked Daniel, what's your friends doing back there? Why aren't they bowing down? And he's like, well, they're they're Christians. They believe in the Lord. Even into death, they're not going to bow down to your statue. Makes it seven times hotter, throws them in, and they say, even if God doesn't, I still will not bow down, and I will remain faithful to God in that. And they made it through their test of the in-between. So, this is great. The Lord told me there's five ways to receive a crown. Once I get it, I can't lose it. Wrong. Next verse, Revelations 3. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. Okay, so I see that I can, if I withstand the in-between, I can receive a reward, which is my crown, but hold fast that no one may take my crown. Next verse. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb, Jesus, will overcome them, for He is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with Him are called chosen and faithful. So, the Lord's saying that He is the Lord of lords, and He is the King of kings. So, He's not the Lord of everybody, and He's not the King of everybody. He's the Lord of lords and kings of kings. He's the Savior of everybody, but He's not the King. So, I... I began to wonder, like, man, what is, he, what is he getting at? Now we're going to speak on becoming more than a conqueror. I'm going to explain what that means. Revelation 17, 14. These will make war with the lamb. Ooh, next verse. Becoming a conqueror. Okay, so how do you become a king or a lord? Sorry, I got out of order there. You have to conquer something in your life. So as I, you know, was contemplating, like, what is a conqueror? Well, the conqueror back in the day, if you were to conquer something in your life, like a city or a town, what you would do is, is you would break into the enemy's fortress and you would go to the king's palace or where he's staying. You would kill the king, take his crown, drag him behind the chariot and show everyone that you're now wearing the crown, and that you broke into the enemy's camp, and now you are a lord or a king because you received that crown. You are going to have to conquer something in your life, passion youth. You will have to overcome something in your life and let nothing separate us from the reward in which we will receive. But what about becoming more than a conqueror? Romans 8. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. Who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, as we spoke about earlier, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Worship team, you can come up. Doubt is not the absence of of faith. It is the greatest test of faith. Our faith in God must be rooted in Jesus. So no matter what you face in this life of the in-between, we must trust that God has a plan to see you out of it. Maybe you have been saved for a long time. Maybe you aren't saved yet and have no clue what I'm talking about today. God has a plan for each and every one of you, and you must endure through the in-between to see the land that he has promised to us to receive our crown to receive our crown. Hebrews 13:14. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Y'all can bring the lights down and start playing. Don't get comfortable here, passion youth, because this is not your home. God is taking you somewhere to a promised land, so do not lose the fear of God. You have seen what he has done for you. You have seen through your testimonies, and all of us deserve death, hell, and the grave. So why make your home here? Put your faith in a home to come. You know, one day the Lord will call us together. And he will give an account, we'll have to give an account for what we've done in this life in the in-between. What we have conquered, what we have held on to, what crown we have received. And if we kept hold and fought for that crown as God has fought for you on Calvary. I want to go back to the first Thessalonians 2.19. And the ending really got me. I didn't know that this was in there when I was reading it. After all, what gives us a hope and a joy and what will be our proud reward and a crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? Is it you? I want to ask you, is it you today, this morning? Is it you? Will you be the proud reward? Will you be the crown of the Lord? I want to see a line of Passion Youth Camp standing with as many crowns as they can walking towards Jesus to lay them at his feet. I want to see someone who has went through something and has made it on the other side. Next verse, Revelations 4.10. The 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worships him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Holy, holy is the Lord is what we will be saying. Almighty. Next verse. Hebrews 13, 14. And how many of us know that when we stand before God, as we lay our crowns down, we're going to tell him, thank you for what he has done. Thank you. This isn't our crown. This is your crown. We kept it holy and blameless until your return. And we fought to receive this crown and to keep hold of it against the enemy who steals, kills, and destroys. And when we lay this crown at his feet, we're going to say, thank you, God, for getting me through with my son for me, Isaiah. Thank you through for getting me through my lustful desires that I had in my youth, Heavenly Father. Thank you for all that you've done. I am believing. thank you that my kids are saved, that my wife is saved, that Passion Youth Camp is carrying as many crowns as they can into the altar. We need to know that this this life that we live is not our home. Hebrews 13, 14. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Do not get comfortable here, passion youth, because this is not your home. God is taking you somewhere to a promised land. Do not lose the fear of God for you have seen what he has done for you. One day we will, be get, we will be called to bring and to give an account of what we have done. I would ask each and every one of you to stand this morning. As the message was being preached and the word of God was being presented, you know what that thing is in your life. Maybe you're in the in-between right now and you're struggling with something. You know what your prize is and your reward, which is freedom and salvation into the promised land. But yet the enemy is trying to steal your reward, which God has promised to each and every one of us if we make it through the in-between. I want all heads bowed and all eyes closed right now. If that's you and you're in the in-between right now. And you know the Lord's been speaking to you. It's been moving within your heart during the message. If that's you and you're in the in-between right now, I want you to raise your hand. No eyes looking. No heads bowed. Thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Maybe you've went. You can put your hands down. Maybe you've went through the in-between already. And you've been set free. For we are crucified with Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are created new. Maybe those things you thought are passed away, but they keep coming back. Why? Because the enemy is trying to come against us to steal and to take back our crown. How many of y'all know that he doesn't want you to get it, but he definitely doesn't want you to keep it once you do? So how is he going to take your crown back once you have it? He's going to take your crown back by trying to bring you back to where you once were held captive. He's going to try to bring you back to that place. If that's you this morning and you've been set free, but you're struggling right now to going back to that old life and you're saying, Lord, I thought I was a new creation. I thought old things have passed away. Why am I struggling with this? all heads bowed and all eyes closed? If that's you and you're struggling right now from what you have been set free from, raise your hand right now. If that's you, raise your hand. Thank you, Father. You can put your hands down. I want to ask you to be bold this morning. And I want you to ask you, if you received your crown, or maybe you're in the in-between this morning, as the band begins to play, I want you to come to the altar, if that's you that raised your hand, and begin to worship and lay at his feet your crowns. Lay it at his feet, guys. Just give it to the Lord this morning. Say, thank you, Father, that you're going to deliver me from that. Thank you that you've already delivered me that from that thing that was once held captive in my life. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's an addiction of nicotine or alcohol. Maybe you have lustful eyes. Maybe you have a doubt in God. Maybe you fear or worry, as Pastor Kevin was speaking of last Sunday. If that's you, I also ask that you would come up and lay it at the feet during the song as they begin to pray.